It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 2019 NFL Draft is now officially open. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select. Welcome to the Real Bucks Talk Podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Be sure to follow us at Real Bucks Talk on all social media platforms. I'm your host, Michael Plus, and join, as always, my co-host, Mark Ramirez. And Mark, we uh, we got a pretty good show on tap tonight. Uh, we just uh, completed the 2019-20 season as the Super Bowl was played yesterday, and it was a, it was a pretty good game, and I got to admit, I mean, it, it turned out um, how we expected it to. Uh, I think we both thought, you know, the Chiefs were the better team. And uh, I think you would agree with that as they scored 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter to win the game. Yeah, they did everything they did in the playoffs ever since, right? They were always down, always came back ferociously and took over the game. And pretty much we said, let's, let's see which team becomes one-dimensional, pretty much. That was how we summed it up. That's who was going to make win the game. And if the 49ers had to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. we both didn't think he was executive a quarterback. And he closed his eyes and threw an interception and <laughs> he kind of proved the case for us. Right. I mean, Hargraves got an interception for a touchdown, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not a downing. It's just they played the game. Like the 49ers early on, they were doing everything they wanted to, running the ball successfully disguising everything, and we were saying, why the hell aren't they blitzing? Like, start disrupting the play. Like, everything's about deception, and they're trying to get a timing down. Blow this shit up, mm-hmm. and don't let them have decisions. Like, right. force the, the issue. And they started doing that, and that's the second half. Actually, the, the fourth quarter is where it started happening. Like, that third quarter, they still were doing what they wanted to do. Yeah, I think, you know, late in the third quarter, you could you could finally see the 49ers, or not the 49ers, that Kansas City was, especially on offense, they were starting to figure out um, the San Francisco's defense. And they started making some pushes, and then they had, you know, they had a couple bad bounces. They, you know, they had the turnover off Tyreek Hill's hands. Yeah. Um, I believe 49ers ended up scoring off of that, off of that drive. Um, so there was a couple of bad bounces, uh, for Kansas city, but they were figuring things out. They were moving the football, um, down into their territory. And then, yeah, once Kansas city, uh, got that big stop with like nine minutes left in the game. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much Kansas city from there on out. They, they found ways and they started pushing the ball downfield, getting big plays, um, got a big touchdown and then they got another stop and then, you know, scored again real quickly. So. Yeah, I mean, they just they figured out San Francisco. And, and San Francisco, you know, they kind of gave Kansas City a break because they got away from what they were doing well, and that was running the football. And for whatever reason, they started throwing the throwing the ball a lot. And I think I think Garoppolo was like 3 of 11 for 36 yards in the fourth quarter. He had an interception mm. as well. So it, it wasn't a good fourth quarter for him. And, you know, and that's what we talked about last week is, um, yeah, I mean, make Jimmy G try to beat, beat you and – he just he just doesn't have that ability, and I don't think they have the weapons to really, you know, compete with a Kansas City type of offense, you know, and, and keep up that pace. And you know, the big everyone was talking about, it, but probably the most critical decision by San Francisco was not going for more points at the end of the half, end of the first half. There, yeah, not taking that timeout. Yeah, three timeouts. I mean, even your GM is saying timeout, timeout, yeah. and um, 
Yeah, not being aggressive there, you know, you usually bites you in the butt, and it, it seemed like it did. Um, not having that extra possession, and you know, that was the diff- That was one of the differences in the game. But I mean, we pretty much knew Kansas City was the better team, uh, and it just shows you quarterback passing game. That's what wins in this league, and it, it showed out to be true. Don't jump the gun. That's a <laughs> conversation for later in the podcast, right? But it's crazy, like. The 49ers got away from what they do best. It's like, why? I mean, you were leading by 10 in the in the fourth quarter. Like, right. easy. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> with six minutes left. Okay, and then if you look about it, look at it, Garoppolo had 31 attempts. Last game he had eight. And then he only ran the ball 20 times. Two by Garoppolo, but 20 times. Yeah. That's usually one player that has 20 rushes with them. And they're usually around 30. Like, they just got away from what they do best. And, like, uh, one of my coworkers today was saying, like, oh, um, Kyle Shanahan was mentioning how, oh, he made that mistake against the Patriots, then he won't make it again. <laughs> he was saying, like, oh, if you're thinking that way, then you're not over it. And, like, it's bound to come back and bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not over your ex because you're, you're mentioning it again mm-hmm. or something like that. And I was like, you know what? That kind of does make sense. Like, and he did again. And then you sent me this morning the twenty-eight to three yeah. Patriots uh, down against the Falcons, and then right. twenty to ten, six minutes left against the Chiefs, and you lose. You allow twenty-one unanswered points. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Doesn't know how to finish. Um, yeah, it, it didn't make sense. I mean, they have Mo- Mozart, uh, the running back. Yeah. I mean, he was running really well and. For whatever reason, they didn't go to Even him enough. In Debo, Debo, Debo Samuel was all over the place. Debo Samuel was making plays every time he touched the ball, mm-hmm. um, and for whatever reason, they stopped giving him the football. Um, yeah, they just tried. They tried to get a little too cute and tried to make a little bit, you know, too much out of out of something. And you know, they they had a simple game plan and it was working for the most part. And you know, control that clock, keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to give credit to the Chiefs. Again, they, they started uh, being more aggressive, especially on defense. They attacked the box, and they started blitzing and making plays, and they forced um, the 49ers into third and long situations and got them off the field. I think their first punt by the 49ers was not till the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, it was. I mean, Deep that, in the fourth quarter. that shows you. I mean, the 49ers are really controlling the game, but uh, just not – not making enough of their possessions. And that's what is, you know, Kyle Shanahan's probably thinking about that first half into the first half uh, possession. Why did I not play more aggressive and try to get more points? Especially when you're, you know, you're facing a team in Kansas City that is just a sleeping giant that can come out of nowhere yeah. and like they did. Um, How quickly they can score. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you have 21 points in six minutes. Yeah. I mean, they have <laughs> they have speed everywhere. They're probably, Tampa Bay Buccaneers sound like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Bucks last year scored, I believe, in like thirty seconds yeah. repeatedly. Um, probably most in the league, if I'm not mistaken. But they they scored quickly, uh, and the Chiefs have the same capability because they have you know Tyree Kill. He can make a big play in any time. Sammy Watkins, same thing. He got the big play late. Yeah, um, I was going to mention that one. Yeah, and you know, really, the Chiefs almost gave the game gave the advantage back to the 49ers by staying in bounds, you know, late in the game. I mean, San Francisco should not have had any time at all, and they did, so. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, the 49ers, yeah, they likely didn't go for it before the second half because I was telling you, I go, their strength is running game. They they can't do a two-minute drive really right. quick. They never really have done that. Yeah, and, that. and it increases their chance for turnover. Yeah, yeah, if they're throwing the ball, which they don't want to do, they want to run the ball. Yeah. So that's something I'm like, okay, well, I can understand it. That going tied, this fits into like what a smash mouth defense, good running ball, running the ball offensive game does. Like they want this. So wear them down. Second half, I don't I don't know if he did get jinxed or he started feeling the heat and he just changed it up a little bit, or the Chiefs really did do that well and scheming them we're just gonna pass rush the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Or run blitz right in your face, try it. Right. But they they just they, even though like the 49ers scored 10 points in the third quarter. Right. Chiefs did shit. I mean, and with that said, Mahomes played like shit. He didn't yeah. have a good game. Yeah, he wasn't good. At all. Like, everything was off, like, the point. I mean, Tyreek Hill, that interception, yes, it was behind him. It should have caught it. But still, it was behind him. Mm-hmm. Like that, 
Mahomes hasn't been hasn't been doing that. Even the deep ball he threw to Hill, how long did he have to wait? He could have probably had a touchdown if that's on time. The only one ball he threw perfectly was to Watkins, where he beat Sherman, like mm-hmm. I was going to mention. Perfect. Yeah. Sherman beats Sherman off the line. The second he does that, it balls out. Only where Watkins can catch it. And then everyone's getting on Garoppolo for that deep ball to Emmanuel uh, Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, either everyone's like he's wide open. He was not literally wide open. That would have had to been a good throw. It was a shitty throw mm-hmm. regardless. But, I mean, either way, Mahomes came up in clutch. Yes, he should have slid in bounds of going out of bounds at the end of weeks o'clock. But they won the game by 11 points now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 21 unanswered. Good game by the Chiefs. They did. They stuck to what they do best. Their defense showed up. And I loved, let me bring this up. I sent it to you earlier before we got over here about uh, Garoppolo and he's not going to beat us with that. Oh, yeah. So Frank Clark said, you paying the guy $140 million, whatever he's getting paid, he's got to throw the ball. Obviously, he didn't do that. They threw for about 200 yards on checkdowns. That ain't enough to win a game against us. Right. Love yeah. that. No, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, you got to be able to get big plays, um, whether that's running or passing. Uh, it's it's about being effective in, in both you know, facets of the game. That's passing and, and running the ball. And, and that's what the Chiefs were last night. I mean, they, they were effective enough throwing the football. Um, again, Mahomes didn't have many yards going into the fourth quarter, but he made big plays when it mattered, um, and they were able to run the football when they needed to. I mean, Damian Williams... That's his name, right? Damian Williams yeah. was, he was, he was great. I mean, he, he was juking Quan Alexander left and right, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, making plays in the passing game. He was running the football effectively. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they were doing what they had to do. And, uh, and then defensively, again, they made stops when they had to, uh, and they finally figured out, you know, get after Garoppolo. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just going to throw it up. And you saw many times where he just threw that ball away. Yeah. And it easily... I love the eyes closed throws. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it turned out how we pretty much expected it to. I mean, the Chiefs were just a better team. And uh, rightfully so. And now they're the, the defending champions. And uh, our Buccaneers will see them next, or this coming season um, at Ray J. So, again, we get to face the uh, defending champions. Uh, so that should be a fun matchup. Um, but yeah, I mean, a pretty good Super Bowl. I, I enjoyed it. So yeah, it was a very entertaining all the way to the end. I mean, most people would have thought the 49ers would have won based on the way right. it was setting up. But yeah, that was fun. Total. I think if anyone saw it on Twitter, I put the picture of all of all the food we ate. Yeah, I feel fat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I had probably at least twenty twenty five wings and like four pieces of pizza. So yeah, I'm fat. About the same here. But, but other than that, good commercials. I didn't think any were great. I thought the the guy that plays, who was it? He played Merman. What, what was what was he like? He played. What was the guy that plays the the Sea King or whatever the hell? Oh, was Aquaman. Yeah. Aquaman. Yes, yeah. Merman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when he took off his arms and took yeah. off his his chest, his body, and he was just a weakling little yeah. guy, and he's trying to do a pinch press. I thought that was the funniest commercial. <laughs> and his wife like picks it up with one arm. Right. Like to me, that that was funny. It wasn't him trying to be all macho. It was just him joking. I thought that was a funny one. Yeah. You have anyone? No, I mean, no, it was <laughs> concentrating on the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I, I mean, halftime show was not bad. I, mm. I, I enjoyed it. So. Shakira's my girl. A lot of dancing, which is cool. So. I love that they went next to each other. Right. That that was beautiful. <laughs> But yeah, with that being said, again, it was a it was a good Super Bowl, um, and now we're going to transition into let's let's talk a little bit about you know just news around the NFL. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, there was some quarterback news you know going over the weekend. Uh, obviously, there's the you know rumor of Tom Brady potentially being a free agent, and we saw that you know the Oakland Raiders might be interested. So I I, I think that that could be an interesting pair. I don't know if Tom Brady would go to Oakland, but him and John Gruden would be. A, Fun TV for sure. Um, and then, you know, obviously that raises the question of what they do with Derek Carr. Uh, and then also we had some, you know, Bucks related news as far as Rick Stroud reporting that, you know, the Bucks are exploring their options at quarterback. And this is something we've already talked about and discussed. And I think we all know that they're looking at their options and rightfully so, as they should. Um, you know, looking at the veteran quarterbacks and Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and 
Philip Rivers as possible options. Um, he also mentioned that you know the Bucks are expected to draft a rookie quarterback this year in, in this year's draft, which I think we can all assume. Who yeah, knew? yeah. I mean, yeah, we expect that to happen. I mean, but uh, just your thoughts on on those couple of things, um, starting with the Tom Brady to maybe Oakland. I mean, yeah, it'd be good TV, and is it likely? I I doubt it, but you never know. The right. NFL's <laughs> exciting, crazy, and fun all together. So it could, to me, I just, my stance on Tom Brady, it's in his best interest just to stay since they'll do anything for him. It's the system he's only known. Right. Yeah. And it's not like Tom or Peyton Manning where he's just going to bring his offense and put it somewhere else. He's not going to overrule John Gruden. No. I'm sorry. Like everyone is like, oh, you just do this. John Fox is just a defensive coordinator, that head coach. He said, Peyton, just do whatever the hell you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're thinking John Gruden or then those who think, oh, come to Tampa Bay. His offense will be great. I think Bruce Arians was going to want to just, okay, I'll I'll let you do the offense. Like all these guys, usually their biggest reason if they're successful or if they fail is because of their pride in what they do. Mm-hmm. Cutter the same way. Right. No, I'm going to do it my way. It doesn't matter. You think Bruce Arians, a guy that's been very successful doing it his way, is just going to say, Tom Brady, okay, you're only going to be here a year, mm-hmm. maybe two. Do it your way. No. Yeah. He's instilled something. He wants his system run. I People think it's so simple to just let Tom Brady take over, even though I think it would be awesome to see TB12, Tampa Bay 12. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool as shit. But still, do I think it's likely? Hell no. Yeah. So yeah plus, you had, plus you had the report of you know New England, they're willing to pay him $30 million to stay. Uh, really? Yeah, that's wow. that was the latest report I saw that they are willing to pay him high top dollar um, to bring him back. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I think he, likely he's going to stay put in New England if he does come back. If he doesn't, then obviously I think he, he retires. But I just don't I don't see him exploring other opportunities unless you pay an astronomical amount. And I don't think the Bucks want to do that yeah. because if they're if they're going to do that, you might as well just bring Jameis back or whatever. You know. Yeah. So. I mean, look at the Patriots. Mm. Obviously, Odell doesn't want to be in Cleveland. Right. You can probably get Odell from Cleveland for cheap. Less than a second-round pick, probably. Probably, yeah. And that gives... Or Jarvis Landry. I mean, yeah, either or. Take your pick. Right. And you give Brady what he wants, a a good serviceable receiver next to Edelman. Right. I mean, hell, they could probably get Cam Brady off of us cheap. Mm -hmm. O.J. Howard, possibly. I mean, right. Like, there's... I guarantee that's what they're hunting to do to persuade Brady to stay or not to persuade him, but mm-hmm. just to make sure they have what he needs kind of thing. Yeah. I Cause agree. I honestly don't think there's anywhere he else he needs to go. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I laughed at the Super Bowl commercial. He's like, I ain't going anywhere. And I put a tweet out there and like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll leave it alone. Twitter's a lot of scenarios i'll put it that mm-hmm. way i'll put it yeah. i'll put it lightly <laughs> yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people in, in different um i guess groups or fractions Oops. right yeah, yeah fractions right now like especially with the Jameis decision we've talked about that but you know let's get to uh other news obviously you know we mentioned we're exploring other options at quarterback so we already know that uh, but obviously there was news in the nfc south today with um, the falcons moving on from vic beasley and uh, it, it makes sense, right? I mean, they're up against the cap, and he's a guy that produced eight sacks last year and had pretty good numbers, um, but they just can't afford him right now, and they're going to have to make some cuts and key decisions coming up. I mean, and some people are like, oh, it's crazy. Why'd they do that? You Like you said, there's the cap issue, which is a business issue, mm-hmm. and then you're looking at a guy that's one-dimensional. You can't be that in this NFL. If he's only pass-rushing, their biggest Achilles heel is stopping the run. We said that every game we played them. Right. Run the ball. They're smaller up front. Like, he's a good pass rusher. Don't get me wrong. He's always been a good pass rusher. He just can't hold up against the run. Um, their defense, Jarrett, damn good player. Mm-hmm. But he's still, he's smaller. If you just continuously run the ball, he's going to get worn out and you're going to be able to run over him, right. even though he is a great player. Anyone else on their defensive line, it's just smaller and and quick. So I think they're just looking at changing up something a little bit. 
because that 4-3 front isn't really working for them right now, being that small. Yeah, and I find it interesting because they are, I mean, Raheem Morris is now their defense coordinator, and you know, I mean, he likes <laughs> he likes to play aggressive, you know, up the field type of style and plays a little bit more, uh, I guess both ways you could say, he plays a little bit more, <laughs> you know, 3-4, three, 4-3 four, four, three kind of style. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Vic Beasley is a one-way type of player, but he's really good at rushing the passer, and those are hard to come by. So I think this is a hit to the Falcons' defense for sure. Um, I mean, he did have eight sacks last year. But it'll be interesting to watch him and also, you know, one of our own and Carl Nassib and yeah. see what kind of, you know, market plays out for them because they both put up similar numbers. Um, I think they're both similar in tackles and all that. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, where that money money lies as far as their their demand. The and Yeah, and who's, who's after them. Yeah. It's it blows my mind how people think we're easily going to sign back Nassib. That I mean, the dude deserves a payday. Mm-hmm. If you expect him to take a discount, come on. I mean, you have Barrett to sign. Sue's debatable. There's so there's so many other business moves where we'll discuss later. But mm-hmm. it's there's the market's going to be there. <laughs> right. Right. All right. But yeah, I mean that that's uh, some news we we wanted just to throw out there and discuss. But um, with that being said, I mean, now since the season is over, um, we are officially on to the 2020 season. Um, it is draft season now, um, believe it or not. So, mm-hmm. you know, now is the time we're going to, you know, really dive into, you know, evaluating prospects. I know Mark and I have already looked at a handful of guys, and um, there's a lot of exciting players that I think me and him like a lot, um, especially where the Bucks have needs. You know, offensive line, I think, is a good year for this draft, and you got some exciting edge prospects on the outside. Um, I think, you know, running back is also a good position of strength. Receiver is ridiculously loaded. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you look at you know corner and safety. There's some good prospects there. So, a lot of good, a lot of good things. Linebacker is a little bit weaker than in years past, but uh, a lot of good things, especially up front on both sides. And I think that's somewhere. You know the Bucks want to attack for sure. Quarterback position, I think, is pretty solid. It's uh, it's a little more top heavy, uh, especially early rounds. You know, ones and two. Once you get into the later rounds, there's not really, there's not really that guy that you know you could say could be like a Dak Prescott or a guy like, um, you know, even like a Gardner Minshew or someone like that. I mean, maybe one or two guys here or there, but really, it's um, it's kind of weak once you get past the top you know, top couple guys, but mark your initial thoughts on this draft coming up. Um, obviously we're going to be there in Vegas, so we're excited yeah. about that. Um, but just your, your thoughts on this class right now. Yeah, initial thoughts first, based off what you just said, the, uh, we're going to Vegas. Mm. So if anyone ever wants us to go drunkenly run around or just run around and find something, <laughs> or if anyone's going, meet us up and we'll have a drink or whatever. It's going to be fun. Right. Um, regardless. Uh, so awesome point on that. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there uh, Wednesday through Saturday. So we'll be leaving. We won't yeah. be for the third day of the draft, but we will be there for Thursday and Friday, just yeah, to let you know. We'll try and run around and find as many people as we can to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably bring podcast stuff. We'll see. Hopefully we're on somewhere else right. on that time. But we'll see. Uh, but looking at the draft, obviously I think we're going to draft a quarterback. What round? I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot more than you think. I don't think they're all going to go in the first round. I think you're right. It's going to be the first three rounds. After that, it's going to be kind of don't do it. Um, Like you said, Dak Prescott's going to be kind of hard to find. Really, I think it sets up well for them offensive line, like you said. We need it. And then it all depends on the Jameis Winston decision. Like, is it draft a quarterback really damn early? Or is it get offensive line help like we've been needing for years right. to help out, say, that future quarterback that we do draft or just to help out Jameis? I mean, I'm looking at it from both standpoints. Yeah. And it would work both ways. I mean, I, I honestly think you do need O-line help, whether that be right tackle that eventually takes over at left or people are thinking that Thomas Smith's going to immediately move over. I think you draft that right tackle. Mm-hmm. Have them eventually move over um defensively yeah plenty of quick twitch outside 
linebacker, defensive end players that I like. And oof, I hope they fall to the second, third. But, I mean, it. the Bucks are in a good shape. I mean, they, they don't need many things to me. They just need to make specific decisions that are going to be telling of what our 2020 season, 2021 season, are going to mm-hmm. look like. So, and the Super Bowl's here, so hopefully Malcolm Glazer, not Malcolm, uh, Brian Glazer mm-hmm. said it, that he wants to be the first team in the Super Bowl. I hope you're right. Yeah. I hope, I surely hope you're right. Well, I mean, the draft, there's going to be plenty of things to talk about. That's why we put that as an intro. Can't wait. There's going to be a huge things for, with the Real Bucks Talk, what we're going to get into of dive bulging into prospects into showing you what we're talking about not just telling you about it because mm-hmm. talk is cheap right right we want to show you what the hell we are talking about and that's in the future guys i hope you're as excited as we are because it like this is going to be cool mm-hmm. okay guys but it's going to be divulged soon yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah that's draft talk let's jump into questions right yeah let's get into it so guys first question we always go to the facebook group if you ever want your questions, we have an email, realbuckstalk at gmail.com, or join our Facebook group, which there's always good conversation in there. Very knowledgeable fans in there. Just We're all like friends in there. We joke around a lot. So come join us there. This is from Demetrios, who's also on Twitter. He's a very smart guy. I'll give him that. He says he wants to talk about pass passing over rushing. I want discussion with a big smiley face. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'll let you take this one away. Yeah, I mean, passing passing is, is what wins games. I mean, and it was shown last night. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was the better quarterback. Uh, I think they had, I think Mahomes had, what, close to 40 attempts last night. Maybe a little bit over. But at the same time, they were effective in the run game. But, again, it was passing that got them ahead and won them the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. It's what today's NFL is all about. If you can pass the ball effectively, you can use that as the run game. You can use it as the pass game. The The pass game, it, it just sets up everything up. Um, you can use play action as much as you want because it's going to work. And that's something I wanted to add, too. Mm-hmm. People are so, oh, play action is not going to work unless you have a running game. That's bullcrap, and you've actually yeah. solidified that multiple times. So please talk about that real quick. Yeah, play action. play action is it it works because on the defensive side, you know, defense is reactionary, right? Yeah. Most of the time, you have to react to what the offense yeah, is you, doing. Yeah, you have your assignments, but it's also yeah. reading your keys. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. So, what the play action does is that causes a slight hesitation regardless. It, yeah. it, it just it, it happens because you just don't know. I mean, your first instinct is to attack the football, right? Yeah. And if you see that play action, that it it, it just automatically draws those linebackers up. It, it's just it's just it's consistent reaction. That's just what's going to happen. It may not even drawing up. It may be just a hesitation. Exactly. A not move. It's a just slight. A it's a slight pause. Yeah. It causes pause, and that's all these good quarterbacks need to to make plays over the middle yeah. of the field. So. Yeah, I mean, that's why you see the RPOs, um, the run-pass options a lot, because it just causes that slight hesitation or slight pause. Um, and that's why play-action works all the time. And that's why the Rams, you know, they run it, I think, like 70% of the time or whatever it is, some ridiculous number. Um, again, they're always in three wide receiver sets, though. Uh, that's just their based offense. And you look at the Chiefs, yeah, they, they run the play-action. They run the option because... They have the threat of the quarterback, obviously. You know, the mobile quarterback, Lamar Jackson, does the same thing. Uh, but, yeah, play action works, so why not use it? Um, but, yeah, passing game is – it's the key. And and you look at the Bucks relating this to the Bucks, you know, because this is a Bucks podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, – you know, the Bucks have the top passing offense in the league for the last couple of years. And the main thing with them is obviously the turnover issue. But play action works – consistently with Jameis and Jameis is really good at play action and he's got really good numbers in, in that uh, regard and you know when the Bucks are smart with passing the football they're very effective and they can score points with anybody um, and that's shown across the league you look at Kansas City same thing I mean they just you know how to pass the football you can win in this league um, same thing with Green Bay you know Aaron Rodgers and even Tom Brady 
You know, Tom Brady knows how to throw the football, and they know how to do it effectively, and it moves the ball down the field. Yeah, so the big takeaway, I agree, passing game over a rushing game. Because look at the two teams that could run the best, 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. You made them one-dimensional, and they turned to shit. You need to have a guy that can deliver the ball. You just need to. And everyone got so mad, oh, Lamar Jackson's MVP, he can pass the ball. Yes, he can pass the ball when the threat of a run through a play-action, guys, Mm play-action, delays the linebackers, leaving that whole gap middle of the field between linebacker and safety is there. Mm -hmm. And even, and yes, given that you have a good run game, that play action's even that much better. Oh, for sure. But the thing is, if you can stop the run, a la the Bucks defense, a la what the Chiefs did against the 49ers, if you can stop it, the play action gets, yeah, less. But then that's where a good quarterback, like you were saying, mm-hmm. can execute based off of timing, based off of right. knowing if there's a second of a hesitation, my guy's going to be open because I know the route he's going to run. And if the linebacker doesn't drop back immediately, that space is open. Yeah. But pressure, yeah, pressure matters. So your quarterback has to be able to make decisions. That's where we're debating, is Jameis Winston the guy that makes these the decisions, right? right? Yeah. Because, yes, we know he can make some beautiful damn throws. He has a, a cannon. He has any, anything you want in a quarterback, in arm. I'm, I'm going to say legs just because the way he can elude pass rushers and keep balanced. As a prospect, he's awesome. Sometimes it's between the ears, and he just makes dumb decisions where he doesn't even see a linebacker. Mm-hmm. you got to be able to see the gaps in the zones. He does sometimes, sometimes he doesn't. Right. That's a decision for the Bucks, upper management and everything. Mm-hmm. But that that's a guy you pay that knows how to make those decisions. Garoppolo didn't, but he's still getting paid like one. Do we pay Jameis Winston to make the, the decisions where he is costly at times? We don't know, but... Mm-hmm. Ultimately, passing does win you games. Right. I mean, play action works, like you just said, that little hesitation. Mm-hmm. Throwing, pushing the ball deep will work because guys are going to have to push back further. That's why those little screens will work. Yep. It all works off of that. It's more efficient <laughs> and less moving parts. Mm-hmm. The, the low lines coming backwards still blo- pass blocking. And just your receivers are going deep. That's you're just finding options. You're not having guys pull to block. Right. You're not having everything execute properly and people holding blocks. Right. This is just go. And if you're you're going to beat the man, okay, I got a first. Yeah. Down. As crazy as it's, it's a lot easier. So surprisingly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As crazy as it seems, I mean, it's a lot easier to throw the football in today's league. I mean, it just with the space and it, everything, it sets up everything. Uh, it's very much better to to pass the ball and. And I always tell Mark this. I mean, it's 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 a lot easier to get a twenty yard gain than it is, you know, three yard gain, or it's more effective, you know. Obviously, three yard gain. What? <laughs> you like three yard oh, gain? pass. Yeah, oh, okay, three okay, yard okay. gain running the football versus twenty yard pass. You're going to take the twenty yard pass. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, and that goes into the mindset of what you know Bruce Arians thinks and what these other guys think on offense. Andy Reid, obviously, and um, you know, great offensive minds are, are across the league. You know, Frank Wright, same thing. They. Yeah. They do it. Um, they do it. You know, it's just it's being efficient in both areas. Obviously, you want to you want to be, and, and that's what the Chiefs were last night. You know, they had over 100 yards rushing with Damian Williams, but uh, and that makes them more effective in the passing game. But it, it's about getting those big plays, explosive plays downfield. And it's how creative they were while running the ball. Exactly. And the Bucks did it at times, like. Who's the little uh, cornerback that we run, ran it with that Bruce Arians loves? He used to be a college quarterback, turned, changed positions multiple times. I forgot his name. Something, something Franklin. Oh, uh, John Franklin. John Franklin. Yeah, he raved about in press yeah, conferences. Yeah, he was a late, late pickup. Yeah. His just that illusion of mm. oh, he ain't gonna run the ball. Why is he even back there? And then all this shit, he just gets a first down, right. twelve yard gain. Right. Little things like that. The end rounds. The the Chiefs did it. Mm-hmm. Kelsey. Got a direct snap right. and got a first down because he fudged up on not going forward when you had a first down. He yeah. stopped. I don't know what the hell he's trying to do, be Odell Beckham or Jr. or something. Yeah. But it's the creativity while running. Even though you know you don't have the best run blockers, it's just finding ways to run the ball. And that's what the Bucks 
or right there and doing. Mm. They don't have to have the best pass blocker, best run blocker. They just need to be able to execute it properly because they got the weapons. Mm -hmm. They hands down got the weapons and the system. It works. You just got to run it efficiently. Right. And that's the Chiefs waited a little bit. There's more of the defense having to help them out, Mm -hmm. which our defense is slowly doing. Guys, at the end of the year, they were on top of the world pretty much. Right. It's our offense needs to be efficient. Mm-hmm. Applying it to what the Super Bowl champions did, we're very similar, guys. Yeah, very. Uh, that was a great question by Demetrius. We appreciate it. Again, that was a, a long answer, yeah. but uh, but it, it to, was warranted. Like, yeah, because I hope all these people that were saying Tennessee Titans, San Francisco 49ers, Baltimore Ravens, this is what we got to do: run the ball. Mm-hmm. We don't have that type of offense. Right. Yeah, those guys. teams are playing to their strengths, and that's what yeah. that's what they did well. And uh, it's it's not bashing them obviously they made the playoffs they went really far in the playoffs right it'll it will get more, you, it'll get you there yeah. to a point but at some time and some point you gotta throw the football and you yeah. have to throw it well and that's what the chiefs did and they did it you know consecutive times in a row and they are now the champions that is cool yeah. <laughs> but uh before we get to the twitter questions we actually have an email question oh from, hell yeah uh, chef heron our good friend my boy yep he says uh what are your thoughts on not only drafting kinlaw at 14, he's talking about Javon Kinlaw. But trading back into the first and drafting Mackay Becton, the offense stack from Louisville, two franchise players at pivotal positions. I'll let you take this away. <laughs> Plus knows my opinion on Kinlaw. I'm going to discuss it here. Yes, he's got size, length, a lot of traits you will like. I, a lot of people like him. To me personally... I want you to, yes, have size and play with power, but at a low stature. Like, low man wins, usually. Yeah, he plays, he plays with high leverage a lot. Very high. Yep. And it's initial jolt and just trying to overpower with arm length and just pushing you backwards. And then I've seen him push towards that position and then try a spin that doesn't even go through a spin. It just His back is facing towards a quarterback. I don't like that. And... He had six sacks this year. That was his highest sack total. But he didn't have many tackles for loss. I think it was like eight. Mm -hmm. For a great defensive lineman coming in, it's like 20-something. Right. So. Shows he's not really around the ball a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was doubled. But from what I saw, there were times where just one guard would just toss him. Because he's trying to go off of that one power move. Right. He doesn't have that secondary or that strong base because he's playing too high. And he gets tossed. And that's, yes, coaching can help. And according to the Bill Parcells mantra of, oh, give me the size and strength, the giving things that God given, right. and I'll teach the, the rest of the stuff. Yeah, he can learn yeah. technique. And, and I can understand low. that. Yeah. And But a lot of this stuff is habit. Can you change that in a year? You would hope so if he's our pick. I think that a lot of this is hype. Just to me, yeah, he's he's there four years, but this was his best year. I, I don't know. I I've we looked at the tough. we looked at it'd the guy tough. from TCU uh, Blaylock and yeah you look at him and I would think he's a little bit closer to a Derek Brown than say Javon Kinlaw. I mean you look at what Blaylock can bring his initial burst and also his you know his kind of moves and repertoire hands. Yeah, I think that's someone you would like. Plus he plays a little bit. He plays lower. He plays with leverage mm-hmm. and um, he's in the right spot for the most part. So that was that would be a guy I would target if they want a defensive tackle, you know, late if they trade down or maybe in the second round or something like that along those lines. But maybe I need to look more into the person, right? Because I, I, it's I think both that's ways. It's I, not just yeah. ability; it's the person. I think Are that's they willing where, to learn, right? right? I think that's where Kinlaw gets most of his hype. It's okay. his character uh, because it's outstanding. He's has he has a great story behind him, uh, but. You know, looking at the second part of that question, Makai Becton. Now, that is a guy who is t- talking about size. I mean, <laughs> size, length, ability, athleticism. He's got it all. I mean, saying at 6'7", 360 plus pounds, doesn't look like it. He's built like, you know, just pure strength. I mean, he's got it all. Um, a little bit raw in his technique, but again, that's something that can be coached up. But on the field, I mean, he's got everything you want. He reminds me of, of uh, 
Orlando Brown Jr. for Baltimore. He's better than Orlando Brown. I believe so, yes. Especially coming out, I think he's better. He plays that left tackle. Well, so did Orlando Brown. But I think, you know, Makai, he's he's got the skill set that you want. Now... I, I don't think he's going to make it past fourteen. I think he's really? going. I think he's going in top half of of the draft. Um, you know, just looking at fourteen, or are you thinking before that? If he's there at fourteen, I think he could very well be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I think really, yeah, I think he would be ideal pick for the Bucks, especially if available. But that's saying like Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, right? Jared Willis or Wills. Mm-hmm. All three of those already gone. I think you have a really good chance of four offensive tackles going in the top twelve. Uh, wow! So, and you know, even and even maybe a Josh Jones, you know, sneaks up into the top half of the draft because uh, I, a lot of people were thinking he was a second round pick, and I agreed with them. Uh, but now looking and hearing what scouts have to say, I mean, a lot of people are saying he's first round uh, material because of his pass protection skills, and he, he does have that former basketball background, which you like. So, and he, he is good at, at, at pass blocking. So, but yeah, if Mekhi Becton's there, I, I think they really look and consider to take him at 14 just because of the the upside that he brings and a guy that can move like he moves. I mean, that's, I mean, it's just like Tristan Wirfs. I mean, that guy, he's a beast, uh, 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 can move so well, lacks the technique from, uh, from little things in the pass protection game, but. He's got so much upside. Ceiling. Yeah. yeah, and that's what goes high in the draft. It's yeah. the same thing with Devin White. I mean, his potential is through the roof, and that's why he was fifth overall pick. Yeah, so the differences I see between the two, yes, both have size, strength, everything you want in a player. To me, Becton just shows so much more potential. Right, and it's at a premier position, yeah. too. Left tackle is so, very key. Yeah, like the sliding side to side, he has it. The leverage, he has it. The throwing people around, he has it. It's more being aware of stunts, awareness. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's something where you can learn being coached into. Right. Being Playing low when all you do is rely on power. Like To me, Ken Law just relies on power and length. He doesn't really have a secondary move to me. Like So, I mean, we've seen Vita Vea. He just dominated games, just while being doubled and triple teamed in, in college. Right. And he's showing a spin move, uh, a, an up and under. He uh, just power everything you can want in a defensive lineman he does. And it's it's a beautiful sight to see. Do, do I see what I saw on Vita Vea in Kinlaw? I, to me, I don't. And maybe I just need to look more into the player, and who he is, if he's willing to learn and the type of guy. Yes, I'll I'll do more in depth. I'm not gonna say he's a, would be a terrible pick, no. Right. But it's, it's just me. I need to do more homework, and we'll do it together. Hopefully, mm-hmm. moving forward. But it's a it, it's still a long process. I would strongly agree with you. If Beckton's there, I wouldn't be mad if we took him there. I mean, the last time we took our offensive tackle first round was Kenyatta Walker. Right. Florida U. <laughs> but uh. Actually, Davin. Well, Davin Joseph was two thousand. Well, tackle for you. Oh yeah, true. Tackle. You're right. Hey, Davin Joseph was first, but right, right. yeah, offense tackle. Yeah, Keon yeah. Walker. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, it's. I would rather have an offensive tackle, like I said earlier, than mm. Kinlaw. I'm just right. that's just me. I because, like you said, I maybe he doesn't make it to the second round, right? And we have to trade up. No, but I, good question. Yeah, Shane. that was a good question. I think if you just reverse that, I think you take the offense tackle of fourteen, and then maybe if you want to trade up and get. An edge, an edge rusher or defensive tackle, I think that would be the wiser move because I think those offensive tackles are going to go early. Um, but then at the same point, I mean, there's going to be plenty of depth, uh, especially in the second and third round, where you can get a solid tackle that can be serviceable at the right side and then maybe eventually transition over to the left side. Um, you know, And going to your point earlier, you talked about this. If Becton is drafted at 14, he's going to be your future left tackle. I mean, yeah. he, he has to be. Whoever you take at 14, if it is offense tackle, is going to be your future left because you can't can't justify taking a right tackle at 14. It just it doesn't work that way. You can play him at right for this year, but he's going to be eventually your left tackle replacing Donovan Smith once his contract is is up and they and they move on. Yeah, I agree. And it's almost like yeah, this is scenarios again, mm-hmm. Twitterverse. <laughs> so if we do take Becton, like everyone, I we are huge fans of um, 
Caleb on Ch- Chase on. Right, yeah, that dresser at LSU. Great player, but like I've mentioned, Josh Oosh. Yeah, like Uche. that dude, like yeah. Uche, whatever his mm-hmm. name is. A hell of a player. Right. And if you can get him second round, if you get in him second round, to me, that's a hell of a good draft. Right. You got pass rush specialist to match with Barrett, who you should sign back. It's not even a question. Every Buck fan knows that. And then you have your right tackle, presumed next left tackle. Mm-hmm. That's a home run to me. Right. But, I mean, hey, there's plenty of time until the draft. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was a great question. Uh, I think we're going to move into Twitter. Tw- Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is actually brought up earlier in the podcast, but this is from Anthony on, on in Twitter. He says, if, Glaver, if the Glazers mentioned how they want to be the first host team that plays in the Super Bowl this coming year, doesn't that mean they all they're all in? And that doesn't include and that doesn't include Winston. Can't win with turnover prone quarterback. Wow, I think they trade for Carr if Raiders sign Brady. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so he's I, on the camp of no Winston. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the Bucks are you know they, obviously they want to win now, and I think you know ownership wants to win now. That's you know that's clear. Um, you know, Bruce Arians he doesn't want to start over or rebuild like he's you know talked about before he's about reloading reloading so <laughs> and i i think they're in a position if if they get the right pieces this offseason i think they are are in position to make a playoff run and maybe a deep one at that because they have a very talented team uh especially if healthy so yeah i mean i could i could easily see them and obviously they're exploring options at the quarterback position so yeah, Winston is is fifty fifty right now as far as returning, and in, in my eyes, and and as far as Derek Carr, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they make that kind of move. Um, it could be another option that they're looking at. Sure, um, he's only making nineteen million uh, this year in twenty twenty for his contract, so that is a cheaper uh, contract, obviously, and it would give you more money to spend elsewhere. I'm uh, not sure if Derek Carr is the fit for this offense and how they want to play. Again, you might have to change some things up, uh, but he is a good, accurate quarterback and he doesn't turn over the football. And uh, he's that game type of manager type of quarterback. And that's something you, you could win with if your defense is top five or, you know, gets into that type of level, which is projected to go um, this off season if everybody's back. So could be an option. I mean, he did throw the ball around. Big time in Fresno State, and there there were times in Oakland right. where he was crazy throwing the ball deep. Oh, when he sure. had Mari yeah. Cooper and Crabtree, and he's accurate too. Yeah, he very accurate. Space. Like y'all, I hope y'all remember when he threw the ball for five hundred something yards in that overtime game where we should have won, but based off of a stupid penalty on the other side of the damn field, right. we lose the game. So uh, it is an option. There's plenty of options on the table, and that's why yeah, the Rick Stroud story of oh, they did do tape on Brady on Philip Rivers, and all. They, obviously, they Bruce Arian said they didn't lie. Where they're going to keep the options open for what's behind door number two. Yeah, that doesn't mean every one of these guys like they're already offering a contract to. No, they're studying what fits to their game plan, their scheme the best. Right. And do they still have it, first of all? Can they execute it? We're not going to change. We're going to be us. You're going to ask the whole team to change for one player. That's not going to happen. Right. And and people forget, like, you know, people look at Derek Carr and they're like, they look at his numbers and it's not great. It's not, you know, overly exciting. But they forget that this Bucks offense has a Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin, an O.J. Howard, Cam Brake, Ronald Jones, et cetera. That's going to elevate any quarterback that you put on this roster. Yeah. I mean, it's going to make them better because you just don't have weapons like that across the league. Um, you have two top ten wide receivers, right? Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's who who wouldn't want that? Let's right. Be honest. So that's going to make your quarterback play obviously better than what it is, and and that also goes against the case of Jameis Winston. I mean, you know, you put him on another team, can he produce like he's produced in Tampa? We don't know. So. You know, that that puts everything in perspective, and, and they're going to look at all options, like you said. Uh, so, yeah, I think everything's on the table. Great question. All right, it is a very good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I think we go after Carr or sign Brady? You know what we think about Brady. No. Right. I, just, there's, I think it'd be a creative idea and to put asses in the seats. Do I think it'd be the right decision where Arians would want to do it? I don't think so. 
Uh, Derek Carr is a different story. I think that's more higher likely than a Brady. Especially, Especially if they get if, if they do sign Brady, you never know. Right. Is he expendable? Right. Hey, that, that, that'd be a huge thing to entertain, but let's see if they sign Brady. I don't think Brady goes anywhere. Right. But if they do, hey, I think I'd, I'd entertain it. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Especially if it's before the franchise tag decision. Right. Yeah. Right. Why the hell not? Well, hey, that's for, for later. Mm-hmm. But either way, great question. I mean, that... If it does happen, they do sign Brady, I would, hell yeah, I'd be talking about it. But I don't want to get too excited just yet. <laughs> so this is from, next question, Josh, Just Josh on Twitter. He says, you guys weary about Barrett like I am? I don't know about breaking the bank for him. I think he will be good, just not close to what he showed this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand the concern. I mean, Shaq Barrett did have a breakout season. Um, again, it was his first year as a full-time starter but you know I look at the tape and I mean the guy just has it Uh, I think he's shown this throughout his career he just really hasn't had the opportunity to present it Um, now as far as you know contract numbers and all that that's something you know they're going to have to work out and discuss I think he definitely has earned his contract so whatever he does get paid I think he's earned it um, and, and rightfully deserves it so uh, I would like to see him long-term here in Tampa Bay. I think all Bucks fans want him back. Uh, we just haven't had that type of pass rusher that he presents. Um, he's a matchup nightmare, a guy that can, you know, create, you know, double teams and, and beat double teams and a guy that can win, obviously, one-on-ones. So, yeah, they, they're going to bring him back. I, I think that's no question. It just depends on price. and But whatever he gets, I think he deserves. No, and you brought up a good point of the franchise tag. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you expand on that, but still like, yes, Shaq Barrett will be back. I don't care what it is. He's going to get it. Yeah. The franchise tag will be less if he's an outside linebacker, which he is. And a credit to the Vic Beasley, Vic Beasley is a defensive end and a four, three front, right? And a three, four front Shaq Barrett is an outside linebacker. He can cut, he can play both ways. He can do drop back into coverage follow the, the running back around and he can pass rush like a son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like the dude can do it all. You pay guys that can do that, right. especially at that position where he flourishes. He did in the Broncos. They just didn't give him the playing time and look what the hell happens when he has the time. Mm-hmm. So you, you pay him, maybe utilize the franchise tag, but I'll let you expand on that. Yeah. I was, I was you know telling you about, it. I mean, it could be a potential option for sure. And you know, if they can't come to terms on the, you know, a long-term deal to, to start, I mean, yeah, I think you slap that franchise tag on them. And um, obviously now it depends. Well, I don't know. Do I, I guess they would have two franchise tags they could utilize this year because of the um, collective bargaining agreement that is coming up. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could be an option where they tag him and Jameis. So. Correct me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong on that. I don't oh, know. that was just a transition tag in the franchise. Tag. Okay, that's, have two. that's right. So they can use yeah. one on one each. On each. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so the transition tag, well, yeah, that'd be a little bit more risky because that opens it up for other teams to come in and, and potentially sign them away. So, yeah, I mean, I think it could be an option, though. Again, if if they can't come, come to terms, definitely put it on there, but... I think they're going to get him back long-term deal uh, regardless. Yeah, I, he wants it. I know Bruce Arians wants it. Right. The whole team wants it. He fits what they do best. Yeah. And, yes, just get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one last question. This is from our man, Buck What You Heard. <laughs> it literally just, just came in. He said, Jordan Love, QB, Utah State. What do you guys think of him? That is a first. that is a great question, Gene. Uh, it is um, Jordan Love is one of my favorites in this class. I, I really like his uh, upside. I think I've talked about him before on the on the podcast, but I just like his size, his his mobility inside the pocket. I like his just overall presence. I think he's a good kid, good leader. He's got good head on his shoulders. Um, you know, he can make plays downfield. He's got a strong arm. I mean, the ball just is like on a rope from his arm. So just easy, easy delivery. And he actually reminds me a little bit of Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, just in the in the way he plays. And 
things he can do on the field. Uh, yeah, I think now this gets into the conversation if the Bucks are in, in for quarterback in round one because I think that's where Jordan Love is going. I think he's a round one quarterback when it's all said and done. I think after the combine and the pro days, his stock is going to be rising and he could potentially be even in the top 10 ahead of Justin Herbert. So I, I, I like him a lot. And if, if he's there at 14 and the Bucks need a quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised if they took him. Um, now, again, it just it depends on what Bruce Arians likes, but I, I got to think they, they like Jordan Love. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I see him as my QB3 behind, obviously, Burroughs and Tua. Like, everyone puts Herbert slotted in number three. I don't see it that way. And a lot of Buck fans think that's the dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I have love ahead of Herbert as yeah, well. same. I mean, just Jordan Love, yes, he has all the God-given traits as in arm, touch, accuracy, just awareness of where the ball needs to go. Um Going with leverage, like his wide receiver has the leverage on a corner, throw it to that spot. And he's really smart with it. And timing-wise, yes, he does as every college quarterback. Quarterback needs to mature up. There's times where he throws it to a guy. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with Jacob Eason, Tua. Burroughs had an incredible season last year. Did he do it prior? Yeah. He didn't have a good senior – or. Sophomore season in LSU, junior season, he looked, eh, he looked amazing. But uh, to me, Jordan Love has everything you want. He can scramble out to the side, throw amazingly on this, on the run, squares his shoulders to the throw. Like mechanically wise, he's he's got the goods. Mm-hmm. So yes, if we don't bring back Winston, I would think he would be a strong, strong option. Yeah, he has everything you want: the downfield ability to push the ball. Um, mobility. He's not as good as Winston in feeling pressure at all, but he's a he's, he's if he's in a good situation where the guy knows what to do with the quarterback, he's going to become something. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, I look at his sophomore tape. I mean, it was outstanding. He had thirty six, I think it's thirty six touchdowns to, or no, thirty two touchdowns to six interceptions, something like that. Uh, so the numbers were there, and they were good. And then you look at, uh, you know, obviously last year he took a setback. It was 20 touchdowns to 17 interceptions. But he lost a lot of players on offense and uh, a lot of changes. Um, So that was tough. But I thought he handled it well. And, um, you know, I think he'll be one of the top prospects um, coming up in this draft. But, yeah, great question, Gene. It's uh, good to hear from you, uh, buddy. but with that being said, uh, I think that's going to close it out. I don't think we had yeah. anything else. Uh... That was a good podcast. And, hey, it's the off, officially the off season. Mm-hmm. Big things to change here at Robux Talk. And it's draft, it's draft season right now. Mm-hmm. So And free agency, a whole lot of fun things to think about, scenarios to talk about. Twitter will be live <laughs> with your presumed sources. Oh, yeah. Guys, have fun with the sources. I'll probably make some sources myself, but hey, or maybe I need to go get a haircut and talk to my barber. He'll tell me some source. But hey, other than that, let's have some fun with this off season. This is usually where mm-hmm. everyone likes to say something, and it gets fun, right? All I know is the guy from Publix last night told me that we're going to get every free agent that the Buccaneers are <laughs> targeting. It's going to happen. It's going to be a Madden. 21 type of offseason where we just sign everybody that we can. Was it the pub sub guy? It was a pub Jeez, sub guy. Jeez, then it's going to happen. It's 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 going to happen. I would say it's about 99.9% chance <laughs> of happening. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun offseason. I mean, the Bucks are going to get everyone that you guys want. It, it, it's going to take place. Mm-hmm. So, it, Nassib coming back. Sue coming back. They're going to get Barrett them all back. back. Winston back. Yeah. All to $5 million a year yes. contracts. I mean, it's going to be cheap. Take it to the bank. Cheap and effective. It's going to be good. That's total sarcasm, guys. Okay. <laughs> exactly. We have, we're just going to enjoy the ride, and uh, we're going to talk logic because that's what we present, and that's what we like to talk about. Even uh, though how much most of you or some of you may despise it, it's still logical. Yeah. So that's how we approach it. You know, we try to look and see what we think the book's might do and then we also talk about what we would do and 
try to put that into one and uh, put it collectively. But with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for the questions and comments. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter daily and, and check us out on our Facebook group. Uh, we're going to have a lot of good conversations going there. And if you can hit us up at the draft, uh, you know, shoot us an email or a DM, whatever. Uh, we'll be sure to, to hook up with you guys. So it should be fun. Everyone have a great week and go Bucks.